0: hi listeners it's cat here from cast a guest i just wanted to take a quick minute outside of the show to let you know about empowerment coaching i know this is probably confusing a lot of people right now outside of telling you about true crime i work as a life coach helping others achieve their goals break down barriers eliminate limiting beliefs or anything else a person may need guidance to achieve their most authentic life the world has been upside down since 2020 and I know a lot of us may be lost, confused, or unsure as to what we want and how to get there. If you think speaking with a life coach may help you, please feel free to contact me at alter ego wellness at outlook.com or at alter ego Well, on Instagram, okay, now back to our show.
1: Hi there, gentle folk. Thanks for tuning in for another beautiful, beautiful horrific episode of Castigast. Like the drive-in, we got a double feature. We're going to be talking about two unsolved crimes. Oh, do you feel that closure cuz I don't? We got for you today Tylenol Chicago. Muskrat Traps. Muskrat Traps. And baked beans. If you're thinking, that just sounds like uh, a new hangover treatment in the Windy City, you're probably right. Anyways, no, we're not talking about that shit. We're talking about the Tylenol murders and the boy in the box mystery. Again, no closure, no happiness, but lots of drink one or six for yourself and let's get ready i'm john
0: and i'm Kat.
1: and this is cast Aghast. oh Mercy me, mercy me.
0: Hola, cómo estás?
1: Oh, hey, folks. I'm
0: I'm I'm Mrs. Iglesias.
1: Where's that from? <laughs>
0: Bridesmaids. Oh yeah, that's. So I <laughs> I am I'm am Mrs. Mrs. Iglesias. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was Iglesias, Iglesias.
0: What did I say?
1: Iglesias. <laughs>
0: i don't Jesus. no it is iglesias
1: no it's iglesias she's probably talking about like uh
0: ricky or uh
1: what's, who, what's enrique his name? yeah she's probably talking about enrique iglesias
0: welcome everyone
1: welcome everyone holy cow
0: a storm is brewing yeah, here in our neck of the my woods my
1: goodness gracious the
0: clouds are rolling in
1: they don't give a fuck about the weather Do we have a good one? Do we have a good one?
0: We have a bit of a different style this week.
1: Different styles. Maybe a
0: new um a new series.
1: We keep saying there will have new series and then we just don't add to those series.
0: I'll add to this. Whatever. The first time we said we were gonna have a series is the ones that you were gonna take over. So
1: Well, I'm busy making money for our household.
0: Mm. Why don't you give us our our brief time timely? Disclaimer. Alright, all right. I will
1: keep it as brief as possible. Hey fuckers. Look. <laughs> I can never make this brief. Brief. I'll try and make it brief.
0: Fruit of the loom.
1: Fruit of the loom. I will make this this disclaimer. We're Fruit of the loom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks. We do not take this shit too seriously because it'd be way too depressing. So what we end up doing is swearing a lot, making fun of the murderers and the rapists and uh, their families and everyone else who makes it easier for the murderer rapists criminal to do what they do if you don't like that if that's not your cup of tea if you want the utmost serious respect given to these murders and rapists and asswipes go to a different podcast for the rest of you let's uh swear a little bit let's drink a little bit and let's listen to a horrible fucking story and have our afternoons wrecked. Thank you, everyone.
0: We are drinking wine, white wine, with some pineapples inside of it.
1: <laughs> some would call it a sangria. Some would call it white wine with a pineapple or, in it.
0: Yeah, a lazy sangria. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't even taste the it's pineapple. because our
0: ice cubes weren't ready yet. Oh, no, so <laughs> shit. I'm joking. We don't put ice cubes in wine.
1: No, that's an evil thing to mm-hmm. do. Evil. All right. you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Let's get on. With the goddamn show. This
0: is a working title. I probably should see if it's um, copyright or anything. But right now, I just thought it would be interesting every so often to cover unsolved crimes, two in one. So, two crimes in one episode. Yep. All right.
1: Get ready to not have closure.
0: All right. So...
1: Like like relationships in the 90s. Yes.
0: Like those losers that used to go on Plenty of Fish. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Get ready to not have closure. Like those online, like online dating in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just never heard from her again. <laughs> we met.
0: I thought we had a great connection. I thought we did. We used MSN Messenger yeah. and ICQ mm-hmm. all night. <laughs> And then one day, her status was sent to away, and I haven't heard from her since. So.
1: <laughs> I'm still hoping. I still remember? got notifications active.
0: <laughs> remember, <laughs> remember putting like song lyrics and like oh, your your I, status, and, I and I was, it'd always be like Avril Lavigne or like Simple Plan or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, Evanescence, Nickelback. <laughs> what was uh My Chemical Romance? Yeah. <laughs> Panic at a Disco. Yeah. Yeah, my hair was flat. My eyes were gray, but my dick was hard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh all right.
1: boy. Oh, boy. Okay,
0: so case number one. In September of 1992, seven people in Chicago all died within days of each other. 12-year-old Mary Kellerman, 27-year-old Adam Janis, his 25-year-old brother Stanley, and his 19-year-old sister-in-law, Teresa, all died within a day of each other. 31-year-old Mary McFarland, 35-year-old Paula Prince, and 27-year-old Mary Reiner. What did these victims have in common? They all ingested Tylenol. And these were not overdoses. They died by taking just a single recommended dose of the pain reliever.
1: Can you actually overdose some Tylenol?
0: I don't know. That's a good question. I'm sure you can if you take enough. Or if if it's mixed with like something you shouldn't be mixing with co-worker of my mother's years ago, died from mixing Dristan and and cold medicine. Died from taking, not drinking, taking Dristan, the nasal spray, and also ingesting cold medicine because he was sick, and it gave him a a chemical overdose.
1: Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Jesus.
0: So if you haven't guessed already, we are talking about the Chicago Tylenol murders. Because these cases were so similar, it was quickly realized that the common factor was that they all had Tylenol in their system. After tests were conducted, it was revealed that cyanide was present in these Tylenol capsules. News outlets and police officers quickly issued warnings to the public to not ingest any Tylenol product.
1: Oh, jeez, that must have been awful for the company as well. Just, well. just, just wait. their stocks immediately plummet.
0: Well, why don't you just uh, notch right. up the gun? All right,
1: don't worry. Fuck off. I won't.
0: Investigators hypothesized that these bottles were tampered with after they left their Texas and Pennsylvania manufacturing plants. They believe whoever did this removed the bottles from store shelves, added the potassium cyanide, and then placed the bottle back onto store shelves to be purchased. Five bottles were purchased, while a few other tampered bottles were later discovered in Chicago. Another crazy twist, strychnine was found in Tylenol bottles in California. So these incidences resulted in a nationwide recall on the product, which resulted in $100 million worth of product to be pulled from retail shelves.
1: Holy shit.
0: During the investigations, a man named James Lewis was arrested for writing to Johnson & Johnson demanding $1 million to stop the cyanide deaths he was arrested and sentenced to 10 years for extortion james lewis completely denies having anything to do with the deaths he submitted dna in 2011 and said quote if the fbi plays fair i have nothing to worry about end quote and i just want to make it clear he wasn't arrested for the murders he was charged and sentenced for the extortion mm, okay During the investigation of the tampered Tylenol, Johnson & Johnson paused all production and advertising. They received praise for how they handled the incident. Johnson & Johnson also established relationships with the Chicago PD, FBI, and FDA so they could have a part in finding the person responsible for this. At the time, though, Johnson & Johnson's stock went from 35% to 8%. However, the company took aggressive action and later that year introduced triple-sealed packaging. Sadly, many copycat crimes took place after this, resulting in more tampered products and more deaths. Many of them left unsolved.
1: Wow. Like, more copycat Mm -hmm. crimes? Holy cow.
0: Yeah. Many. Shit. Many copycat crimes.
1: That's awfully scary. Like, we use... Makes me
0: never want to...
1: Yeah. Like, we use Advil. I use Advil quite a lot.
0: What did we buy not too long ago where we thought the seal was tampered with? Was it lemon juice, I think?
1: Yeah, I think it was lemon juice. And I think the,
0: the... the cap the foil cap that sits on top of the bottle came off with the cap yeah and we were nervous and i don't even i don't think we used it i think we threw it out Mm -hmm. yeah
1: better to be safe than sorry
0: so that's uh the first case the chicago tylenol murders still left unsolved and i'm assuming that james lewis was cleared see now nothing came from the dna that was taken from him so the next story we have is the boy in the box on february 25th 1957 in fox chase philadelphia a muskrat catcher was checking his traps when he discovered the body of a young boy aged somewhere between three to seven years old
1: oh jesus
0: unfortunately the man who found him was worried that police would confiscate his traps so he did not report the discovery oh
1: my goodness gracious really
0: it wasn't until two days later when a college student was in the area found and reported the body the boy was naked wrapped in a plaid blanket and inside a cardboard box that came from a bassinet sold by jc penny it was clear that he was extremely malnourished his torso showing signs of starvation and malnutrition his hair had been recently cut as well and this may have been post-mortem due to the clumps of hair being found on his body he had surgical scars on his growing ankle and another scar under his chin his legs also showed signs of bruising and scarring Jesus. The police took the boy's fingerprints and waited for someone to come forward and identify the boy in the box. Sadly, no one did. The Philadelphia police printed over 400,000 flyers and distributed them with every gas bill that went out in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. The location he was found in was also searched thoroughly. During the search, they found a blue hat, a child's scarf, and a man's hanky with the letter G embroidered on the corner. However, the flyers and the search did not lead to any breakthrough in the case. The police even photographed the boy's body dressed and in a sitting position, hoping that by distributing these images, someone would recognize him. But again, no one came forward. There are many theories regarding this case. One centers around a foster home a little over a mile from where the boy in the box was found. In 1960, an employee at the medical examiner's office by the name of Remington Bristow...
1: Remington, that's a hell That's name. a great name. My name is Remington. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he hired a psychic. The psychic led him to this foster home. When Remington attended an estate sale at the foster home, he found a bassinet, very similar to the one that was sold in the box the boy was found in. There was also blankets hanging on the clothesline outside that resembled the same blanket that the boy was wrapped in. Remington believed the boy came from this foster home, that he belonged to the foster father's stepdaughter, and that she killed the boy because she didn't want to be exposed as an unwed mother. They were interviewed, and the allegations were dropped. And a fun fact about that is that the father ended up marrying
1: his stepdaughter oh he
0: he woody allened her
1: No kidding! (laughs) oh my god my sinuses i i i'm I'm really like i'm getting a little bit hot and flustered here i i I would never i would never touch the royal tomatoes in mixed company
0: (laughs) the other theory that is considered comes in 2002 a woman by the name of martha came forward saying that her mother purchased the boy from his birth parents in 1954 She said that his name was Jonathan and that he was subjected to extreme sexual and physical abuse for almost three years. One evening, he threw up his dinner of baked beans and was severely beaten, his head being smashed on the floor until unconscious. He was then given a bath and died during the bath. Her story matched certain details that only the police knew, such as him throwing up the baked beans. The coroner did find baked beans in his stomach, which means he ate them but hadn't digested them yet prior to his death. Jeez. Oh, and the boy's fingers were water wrinkled at the time of death, so that makes sense with the bath. Yeah. She claims that her mother cut his hair to hide his identity, and we know that his hair looked like it was freshly cut. Yeah. She says her mother forced her to help her dispose of the body, which she did. Her mother drove to the Fox Chase area and had her daughter stand at the back of the car to block the license plate in case anyone drove by. She found the box already there and dumped him inside of it. This also matched a testimony that was given in 1954 from a witness that stated the box had already been previously discarded there. Sadly, Martha's claims weren't taken seriously, as she did suffer from mental illness. And old neighbors of hers said they never saw a little boy at the home. So her claims were dismissed. Which I find, like, if he was subjected, if this theory, hypothetically, if it's true, and he was subjected to extreme physical and sexual abuse, it's very likely he didn't even see outside. Yeah. Like, it's very likely that they could have kept him confined in in the home
1: yeah you're not constantly watching that house exactly why would you know a baby uh, a child's there yeah
0: the boy in the box was first buried in potter's field in 1998 his body was exhumed to collect dna he was then reburied at ivy hill cemetery in philadelphia in a large plot that was donated the same donor also donated a new coffin headstone and a funeral service for the boy it was highly attended by the public and the media. His large headstone reads, quote, America's unknown child, end quote. The public continues to frequent his grave and decorate it with flowers and stuffed animals. Mm. Yeah, what I'm showing John here is just pictures of the crime scene that we will put on our social media. And th- those are his autopsy photos. And that's how he was found. And this was a, an age, uh, a, I'm sorry, not an age progression but a, a recreation of what he would have looked like likely alive with his hair a little bit longer. Oh my god. Just hoping someone that would recognize him.
1: That's awful.
0: And you know, kudos to the police like in that time period. You know, like in the in the fifties. Yeah. Um they really did everything that they had the resources to do. And as sick as it may sound i thought it was a very clever idea to kind of dress him and pose him sitting up because it it can look jarring and a person can look different if you're seeing them like you know in in a sickly or deceased state and then so if maybe if we dress him and sit him up making him look a bit more lively that might jar someone's memory too
1: yeah yeah no kidding
0: I thought, I find Martha's claim more, uh, the more believable theory than the Foster yeah. home. She knew a lot of things that wasn't released in the media. Yeah. Like with the, with the baked beans, with the haircut and about the box already being there.
1: Got it. Like, and the scarring. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, to have his, that's uh, awful. He had this poor cert- kid must have gone through.
0: Yeah, and just to be discarded like that, you know, like trash.
1: That's disgusting. But
0: those are our two unsolved crimes um, today: the Tylenol murders and the boy in the box. Wow. Hmm.
1: That's awful. Yeah. Well, you've ruined my Friday night.
0: And just to think, like the state he must have been in, um, physically. To not know if he's... To, to give such a wide gap in age, three to seven.
1: That is interesting. You know? there's Because a lo- he was so
0: malnourished.
1: Yeah, like, that's pretty incredible. Because there's a... Con- I, like, we don't have our own kids, but I would we assume... We and... Like, there's quite a bit of development mm, between three and seven. Yeah. Jesus.
0: Yeah, no kidding. It would be great if someday justice came and i think we're hearing more and more stories um more specifically this goes more towards the boy in the box story but we're hearing more and more stories about crimes being solved through those uh ancestry dna
1: oh, yes. and dna
0: testing kits to find out like where you're coming from the the i think it was the uh oh what was his name the golden state killer or something like that he was found in his like 70s just recently for crimes he committed 40 years ago um wow really 40 or 50 years ago uh because a, a distant nephew or something did ancestry dna and they had his dna but it means nothing if his dna isn't in the system yeah so they had his dna but never anything to compare it to and then when this person uh, did their ancestry DNA and now, you know, they have access to that to run this DNA.
1: Oh, that's wild. Mm
0: -hmm. So I think now that we're hearing more about those cases being solved that way, maybe they do have the boy in the box's DNA from exhuming his body in 1998. So it would be great if a distant relative did one of these ancestry DNA kits or... You know any DNA kit, and there's a match.
1: Yeah, but care, care for what you wish for. What if the government wants everyone's DNA? Mm.
0: Well, I mean, like right now, for the sake of what we're what yeah. we're talking about, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I believe like you obviously consent to that being okay. To, I know a lot of people don't read the fine print or the terms and conditions, but no, no I'm sure it's says. in there saying you know if you're giving this over, you're you have your permission to have it run through CODIS or whatever. Yeah. So that would, that would be great if this case can someday be solved. And I'm reading more and more about old cases being solved years later. And not necessarily just the, because of the, the DNA testing kits, but because of access to new technologies yeah. and stuff now too. So it would be great if someday America's Unknown Child can be replaced with a name.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: Mm-hmm. A poor boy.
1: Yeah, that's awful.
0: Yeah. But do you think of that, two cases?
1: I just hate, like, when there's no closure. Like, yeah. it pisses me off, like...
0: But it's good to, like, get these cases out there, I think. Um, these two are a little bit more well-known, so they already gain a lot of attention, but I think it's good to still continue talking about them so they're not forgotten and that people are still... Um actively trying to find answers for these yeah when the show um unsolved mysteries came back on netflix i do believe like two of the cases because of the show had um breakthroughs
1: oh really yeah so that's wild
0: so it's good that um these these are you know continue to be talked about
1: yeah no kidding i didn't Mm -hmm. realize that yeah i've never Um, seen that show
0: <laughs> we'll watch it sometime. It's good. Okay. But for, for you not liking closure, you might not. There's some cra- I do like There's- closure. Yeah. I
1: do not like not having closure. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. I misspoke.
1: Fuck. <laughs> Come on. Let's get the Dylan McDermott.
0: Okay, yes.
1: Pull him up. Pull him up.
0: Let us know who you want our next uh, celebrity.
1: Well, we we're, we're, we got when, so much Dylan McDermott well, to do.
0: Some of these we can't use, though. Some of what these are, are you stupid. talking about?
1: They're all amazing, <laughs> from the genius mind of Dylan McDermott. All right, here's here's our next one. Listen, listen to the words. Oh, I thought that was the quote no. for a second. Listen, listen. <laughs> listen, listen to the words of Dylan McDermott. Yeah. Romantic comedies are the hardest movies to make. Maybe one works a year. God. Man. what what romantic comedies has I, he done?
0: I wonder what what did he mean by romantic comedies? What was he trying yeah. to symbolize there?
1: God, yeah, he, he really I, is.
0: has he even been in romantic comedies? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know
1: what else he's been in. Oh my god. You know the fact that there's like this huge page of Dylan McDermott quotes and someone out there has like put you know, put, put their
0: shit together. That can be found on brainyquote.com, by yeah, the way.
1: Yeah, this is incredible.
0: Look, it even has a scroll bar. Like, it goes... Oh, it just goes, goes, goes on Bruce and
1: on! <laughs> oh, what else? Oh, it says Bruce Lee, Bob Saget.
0: Bob Saget may be fun.
1: Yeah, Bob Saget. Or, um, Norm MacDonald.
0: Oh, yes, yeah. But they're
1: too they're too high profile. We need someone who's, like, way, way less high mm-hmm. profile. Like, real low profile. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what would be a real, like, low profile? Mm-hmm. Like, Aaron Carter. Quotes. oh my god <laughs> oh my god
0: yeah i'm just trying to think of of some randy savage i know he's not low profile but he oh would have great he would have great quotes randy
1: savage is so amazing yeah we, you have to understand there <laughs> jimmy And I'm the cream of the crop. Ooh, I've (laughs) come here, and I'll be going to Madison Square Garden, and I'll be the top again, because I'm going to tell you the one thing right now. Listen here. Use your ears. (laughs) I am the cream of the crop, the Macho Man Randy Savage, and you macho maniacs out there are going to be creaming your pants (laughs) for the Macho Man Cream of the Crop Savage. Oh my goodness. (laughs) so amazing. That was great. You know what? He's like Jake the Snake meets uh Hulk Hogan right like he, yeah he, he has like the gruffness but he yeah. doesn't shout he just like talks in this crazy meandering rhythmic yeah, way and
0: like he's talking through his teeth <laughs> he was great on that Arsenio Hall clip we watched like his <laughs> interview he was like that was a very entertaining interview to watch
1: Arsenio Hall is just entertaining he
0: was acting like such a little wimp though oh, like so come hilarious. on have yeah. the man on your show with confidence
1: <laughs> Come stand toe-to-toe to toe with him. <laughs> okay, that's That's it. A,
0: a, a good guy we could quote, our Arsenio Hall. Yeah, we could do Arsenio
1: <laughs> Hall. Yeah, that's 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 a good one. All right, that's it. All right, we're done. We, we had the Dylan McDermott quote. Have a lovely week, everybody. Thank you for listening this long. Goodbye. Ta-ta.
0: You can check us out on YouTube. At Katam Concoction.
1: That's C A T A M C O N C O C T I O N.
0: (laughs) And on Instagram at Cast underscore aghast.
1: Remember, there's a silent H. We take things uh we, we this is a true crime pot this is hey folks this is a true crime podcast and
0: because these cases were so similar it was realized quickly that the common factor of all of these people had
1: oh my god what kind of sentence is that <laughs> grammarly i'm okay. surprised it didn't get activated right. at the moment you type that up
0: because these cases were so similar, it was quickly realized that the common factor of all these people was that they had Tylenol in their system. Oh,
1: okay. say it again.
0: And then place the battle... The battle. Five bottles were purchased while a few other tampled... Five bottle... Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. The location he was found in was also searched meticulously. The location he was also... The location he was found in was also searched meticulously.
1: You know, it's inappropriate to laugh like this. Like I know this isn't like a lighthearted true crime. But I'm going <laughs> to change that word. Oh my god. Meticulously. <laughs> Metic meticulous. It's like you're it's like a, a you're like a witch in the Harry Potter trying to cast a spell. <laughs> meticulous law.
0: <laughs> hoping that by distributing these images someone would ro- hoping that by distributing these Im- Uh, hoping that by distributing these images
1: someone would it's tough sometimes yeah
0: hoping that by distributing these images someone would recognize him you've you've ruined me now with your stupid face
1: (laughs) hoping go go ahead I'm, i'm done